0: wine was perfect as as we go into this year of of new, of new life, of new fruit, of new juice, of new oil, of new wine. As we go into this fall part of the year, I thought there was nothing better to talk about. And then what God really put on my heart was to tell some people in Grand Rapids, Michigan, he can still do more than he think he can. There's still more coming than you can even believe. He is greater. Ephesians 3.20 says that he can do exceedingly above all that we ask, dream, or imagine. I mean, how good is God? So tonight, man, we're going to Start this series off right. And I had, I had, I'm going to be honest with you. um, I had a week where I wrote a message already. I was ready to go. I felt great about it. God was really in it. And then, like, you know, when it's like Friday and you just had a brilliant idea and you were like, that's got to be the first one. It's not. It's gonna be next week, but I'm excited for it. So I'm really stoked for next week. But the word I have tonight is this. Who's taking notes? Where are my note takers at? More hands every week. I love this. All right. More people going to heaven. If you're taking notes, you're going to heaven. Makes sense. I gotta quit making these jokes. Someone's gonna kill me. If you're taking notes tonight, title of my message is this. Are you ready to write this down? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. I'm having too much fun. Title of my message is this. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Would you turn and ask your neighbor? Would you ask him? Would you ask him, say, neighbor? neighbor. You got to say it like Mr. Rogers. I'd be like, neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? I don't know. I've never watched the show. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Fantastic. Who's got their Bibles tonight? Who's got their Bibles? Who has a, who has a digital Bible that the Lord didn't write in? There it is. Okay. All right. Just want to point that out. It's not real. It doesn't stand the test of time. If you've got your Bibles tonight, Luke 4, 1 through 13. I'm coming out of the NIV in this first scripture. I'm not sure what that's going to be. I think it might be ESV up on the big Bible. This big, bi- uh, ESV on the big Bible. I got like four translations on there, and uh, none of them are NIV, and I've hit the NIV the last two weeks in a row. But yeah, so if you're taking notes, if you've got your Bibles, it's going to be up on the Sky Bible up here, Luke 4, 1 through 13. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. All right, verse 1, it says this. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was very hungry. I love that it had to include that. Like, just in case you didn't think, he, you know, he's full of God, fully of man. The boy was hungry. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell those stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone snap crack on pop verse 5 the devil led, to, led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all of the kingdoms of the world and he said to him i will give you all their authority and splendor it has been given to me and i can give it to anyone i want to if you will worship me it will all be yours and jesus answered it is written worship the lord your god and serve him only verse 9 the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple if you are the son of god if you are who you say you are Draw yourself down from here, for it is written, the devil got wise to Jesus, saying, it is written, it is written. The devil says, because it's written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is also said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 13, And when the devil had finished all of this tempting, he left him until the opportune time. Y'all mind if we pray before we go any further? Jesus we ask that you would come that you would have your way in this house God we love you Jesus we expect you to move tonight God we actually believe what your word says we actually believe that we're two or more gathered there you are in the midst of us God we ask that your presence would be so thick in this place God that not even a tiny white lie from hell could leave this place with anybody tonight God we want new wine tonight God we want a fresh breaking tonight a fresh revelation Jesus we want to leave with a fresh understanding of a relationship with you God That's so what we ask that you would move that you would have your way in our place and in our bodies in our minds in our spirits God we open it all up to you Jesus have your way Holy Spirit move like you want to move don't worry about us we're just here for you in Jesus mighty name of faith-filled church said amen Amen. make some noise if you love Jesus I love this piece of scripture You might be wondering why that is, when the devil literally tried to get Jesus to commit suicide by jumping off of something, where he literally tried to get Jesus to disobey God, to use his Holy Spirit, given powers and ability to be selfish and self-serving, turning stones into bread, all these things. You might be wondering why I love this story. I love this story tonight because this is our Jesus. This is our God. He is fully God, fully man, and he came for you. And for me, you may be wondering what this has to do with new wine tonight. New wine has to start with Jesus. New wine has to start with what he did. There cannot be new wine in our lives. There cannot be fresh in our lives. There cannot be a harvest in our lives if there was never in Jesus. If there was never crushing, pressing, breaking, tempting, difficult, hardship moments, more than just the cross... There would never be new wine without crushing or breaking in Jesus' lives. And because of that, there will never be new wine in our lives without some crushing and some breaking. And I love this scripture. Because here's Jesus, the son of man. He is God. He has come so that we can have life and life to the full. Right? John 10.10. This is our Jesus. He goes through the cross. He dies for all of us. So now you and me, we can have right standing with our God. But before he was able to do that, before he was ready to do that, before he was anointed to do that, there had to be tempting, there had to be pressing, there had to be breaking. And so I love this piece of scripture because here's Jesus. The devil comes at him just like he does all of God's children, a.k.a. you and me. Every single person who loves Jesus makes him Lord of their life. The devil, you now have a target on your back. A lot of Christians go, I met God and life got worse. You know what? It might have because now you're a problem. You weren't a problem before, but now that you're awake, now that you're alive, you're a problem. Amen? And so there's going to be lies. There's going to be tempting. There's going to be pressing. There's going to be breaking. Not all of it comes from God. Most of it probably doesn't. And now there is a very real devil, a very real enemy who is aiming straight for your head because he wants you to quit and give up because he is not afraid of you when you were asleep and didn't know whose you were and what you were. But now that you know whose you are and what you are, you're a problem and you have a destiny and you have a calling and you're here not to be just part of the status quo, church. You're not here supposed to fall in line. No, 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 no. You are here to mess some things up and bring the kingdom of God into an encounter with earth. That is your calling. And so before we can get there, there's got to be some new wine that has to be broken. And here's Jesus. And, man, the devil comes for him. And he's just like, you're son of God. You are who you say you are. Well, then you'd know that if you were to jump from here right now, the angels would come. God's not going to let you die this way. He's not going to let it all end for you this way. Like, the scripture says this, Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Jesus jukes him. This is what we call the Christian clapback. You ever heard of the Christian clapback? This is what happens when Jesus comes and, and, and the devil comes to him and he goes, Hey, throw yourself off. Turn these stones into bread. It is written, it is written, this, this, and this. And then Jesus, every time the devil juked left, what did Jesus do? He juked left. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't he just dodge him? Jesus doesn't dodge the devil just like you and I don't dodge the devil. No, no, no. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because the Holy Spirit that was inside of him that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us, we don't dodge the devil and juke right when he goes left. No, no. no. We put a shoulder right into his left as he comes for us. Amen? This is what we call the Christian clapback. Because when the devil comes for your head, just like he came for Jesus', you and I have the word of God to stand on. Every time he comes at us with the word, because it's always perverted, it's always twisted, it's always bent, shaped, misshapen, and it is always spoken back to you, parroted back to you, unlike it was written. Because our devil, he has you know the devil has no original ideas, right? Everything he says is a lie, he is a poser, he is a fraud he is a fake, he is phony, he is fugazi he ain't real what he says isn't real he can only take God's truths, twist them, pervert them, lie to you, and regurgitate some throw up from the pits of hell right back at you and say, well didn't your God say this? Aren't you supposed to be more than a conqueror? So why can't you conquer this? Isn't he isn't he isn't he here to see you do greater things? Well, why aren't you seeing greater things that you're praying for, right? Back to the legendary series. Didn't he say that it was pierced for your iniquity and bruised for your decree, and it's by his stripes that you're healed? Why don't you have your healing? Didn't he say that he would supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? So why are you broke? Why are you filing bankruptcy? What does your life look like? Why are you giving up your house? And when the devil comes for your head, you and I have this ability because of the word of God, because of the power through Christ Jesus, that when Jesus, when the enemy jukes left, we put a shoulder right back into him. We don't have the right to no longer dodge the questions and the lies from the enemy. No, 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 You and I, we now have the power and the authority of him. Just like it says in Romans 16, 19, the God of peace will crush Satan. He will crush him under his feet. You and I no longer have to dodge the enemy or dodge his lies. We have the power on the inside of us because of what Christ because that he was tempted. Now you and I, we get to shoulder block him right down. We can hit him with a clothesline from the gates of heaven. Then he has to fall and he has to obey and he has to run. I love this because it says at the right right time, at the right time, he was going to come back and tempt Jesus. He failed three times, failed miserably. Miserably he was embarrassed. Every single time he quoted scripture, Jesus said, yeah, but it also says, Because Jesus knows, just like you and I understand, hopefully tonight, that Scripture interprets Scripture so we don't build a theology or a lifestyle upon one thing that God said. No, no, no. We take everything that he said into account, everything in the Bible into account, everything he said is for the building up and the equipping of the saints, the Bible says. For the edifying of the church, for the edifying of the soul. It is good for you. It is to build you up. It is to arm you. So here we have Jesus, who knew fully well what the Word of God said. He is the Word of God, made flesh, it says. And because Jesus was tempted, because Jesus had to go through these things, because he was tried, because he was tempted, because he was pressed on, and he was getting things broken down on him, because the enemy was coming down on him, what came out of Jesus? The Word. What came out of Jesus was hope. What came out of Jesus was God's promises tonight. I feel like there's some people in this room tonight. We're going to start a new series, new wine. You got no idea what that is beside an incredible Hillsong song that Rusty and the worship crew here do far better than Hillsong does. Just saying, I'm a bit biased. I, yeah, I love it. I love it. But it says in the pressing and in the breaking, you are making new wine out of me. I think there's some Christians in here tonight that are going through some things, that are going through some hard times, that are going through some hardships. And I want to encourage you guys tonight that your hardships, that the pressing, that the breaking, there's a misconception in the church. Can we talk about a misconception real quick? Is that all right? I love misconceptions because I love to set them straight. And I think Jesus does too. I think there's a lot of misconceptions in the church. Y'all ever heard that phrase? And I'm about to hit you with the scripture in a second. Y'all ever heard that phrase uh, God will never give you more than you can handle? Yes. Did you know that's actually not in the Bible? Did you know what the Bible says is actually better than that? Because we convince ourselves, right? Like, oh, God will never give us more than we can handle because he's so good. He's just a good God. No, 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 no. His scripture, what his actual promises to us, I'm pretty sure where they got that wrong from, is actually so much better than that. We have fooled ourselves into believing that God said he would never give us more than you can handle. Where do we get off thinking these things actually came from heaven? Where do we get off assuming God is just doing this because he needs to prove something to me. He needs my attitude to change. He needs this. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. Can I read you what the Bible says? Yes. Y'all want to read the word tonight? Yes. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. We got that on the big screen? Yeah, we do. The temptations in your life are no different from the other experiences, and God is faithful. Hold on, stop right there. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. Some of us need to take a little break tonight, and, and, and a little heart check, and a little uh, um, view check, and a little perspective check here tonight, because there are some mountains in our lives that we've been walking around. We've made a mountain out of a molehill. Our situation, our, our problems, are our, what we have going on, our afflictions. First of all, the Bible says ain't nothing new underneath the sun. You can check that out. It's called Ecclesiastes. Ain't nothing new underneath the sun. Second of all, man, there are some people in this life that if we just want to have an attitude of gratitude real quick, got way worse off than we do. There's some people in this country, there are some people in other countries, there are some people in this word, world who have it far worse than we do. There are some people in Grand Rapids, friends, that have it far worse than you and I do, who are going through harder things than you and I do. So maybe we can have a little perspective check from the from the view of heaven tonight, and we can realize that God is faithful, and that others are going through some things, and maybe if we start praying, maybe some praise, like Rusty was saying, broke upon our promises tonight, maybe our praise would break our chains maybe our praise would dismount our mountain and we would see God moving our lives so we can go be a blessing in somebody else's life who is far worse off than you and I are amen what's the rest of that scripture says he says He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Man, I love this. The temptation in your life, no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can handle, more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Best part about that scripture? Sorry, we get wild here at church. I start yelling, I start spitting. It's okay, get ready. The best part about that scripture tonight is that he just says he won't not allow the temptation to be more than you can handle. Nowhere in that scripture nowhere in the Bible does it say, hey, earth to mat. That temptation that you have, it came from me. Get used to it, son. No, no, no. Nowhere in that scripture right there does it say, the temptation that I have sent your way, the trial that I have sent your way, the hard moments, because temptation, what? No, 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 temptation is is another word for being deceived, for, for deceit. There cannot be deception without there being a deceiver. That is not God, or God is not a deceiver, is he? It just says God is faithful. He's not a deceiver. He says, I will never allow the temptation, which comes from the enemy, which comes from the pits of hell, from the deceiver to never be more than you can handle. In fact, it goes on to say that when you are tempted, our God will show us a way out. There is always a way out to victory, my friends. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you think, no matter where you see your problem, your situation, whether you think that there is a prize glory for you on the other side of this trial, on the other side of this mountain, our God will always supply you with a way out. There is always a way out. Temptation does not come from above. No, no, no. Temptation comes from below. And don't get like weird and theologically with me right now going, well, actually, Pastor Matt, hell may not be underneath us. Shut up. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We know there's a pit of hell. Hell. We know there's an enemy. We know there's a deceiver. And he comes straight for our heads. And he is the one that brings temptation. He is the one that brings trials. He is the one that is going to steal, kill, and destroy. If you are a Jesus follower in here tonight, you got to know there's a very real enemy. And we don't make much of this guy because, in fact, the only power he has in our lives is the power that we give him. That when we choose to take our faith in God and turn it into fear of the devil, that's when he wins. That's when he gets power. And that's when sickness and death and deceit and all of these things. Things are able to walk into our home and camp out and do whatever they want when we give him that power. But can I talk to you about Jesus tonight? Does that sound good? Can we hear some good news in church? Yeah. Man, we don't have we don't have a sad news church. We have a good news church. We don't got a sad news Bible. We got a good news Bible. I want to go back to Jesus for a second. Last week we read a scripture in Hebrews. Anybody remember that book in Hebrews? Man, that scripture was incredible. It said we were talking about approaching the throne of God. Boldly, we ask, what would your life look like as a Jesus follower? If you actually knew, and if you knew, you took advantage of the fact that you now have the power, through Christ, to approach the throne of God boldly. We ask the second question, what would our city look like? If the city knew that there was a God, the creator of the universe, created the mountains and the valleys and the oceans and the universe, the galaxy, the places and the depths that we haven't even begun to explore. He made that. He said, I'm approachable what would our city look like? What would what would NA meetings look like? What would AA meetings look like? What would the club look like? What would these places look like? Man, and I'm not saying the club is bad. I'm saying we just turn up with some praise party. We got some praises go up. The blessings come down playing in the club. I'm talking about that. What happens if a city actually knew that they could approach the throne of God boldly? But before it got to that, and that scripture said this brilliant thing, it says that we, our Jesus, he is not a far off God. It says that our Jesus is not a far off God, a distant God, that he cannot empathize with our situation. No, no, no. We have an ever present and ever pursuing and always close, always chasing you down, no matter your darkest day and your darkest moment, your darkest hour. No, no. He is pursuing you. He has never left you. He has never failed you. And the reason is this. The reason we have a God who doesn't run from us in our darkest moments and our hardest trials and when we give in to temptation is because our God himself was tempted. Because our God himself came and lived as a man for 33 years and was tried and he was tempted just like you and I are on a daily basis. The devil went for his head just like he goes for us. And so I want to tell you tonight that you are in the best company you can possibly be. Temptation in and of itself is not of sin. Did you know that? We get that confused all the time. Like, man, I'm just feeling so tempted right now. Pray for me. What? No, I'm going to come get you. I'm not going to pray for you while you sit there in your room feeling tempted not to do something or look at something on your computer or call that girl back or whatever. No, no, no. Come hang out. Leave your house. Get out of that moment in that zone of temptation because temptation isn't sin. Temptation is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to either turn and worship God or give in to yourself and the devil and desires that come from the pit of hell. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Temptation in and of itself is not a sin. Temptation is a moment. It is an opportunity where you and I can exercise our rights as Jesus followers, as people who are endowed with the Holy Spirit. We have an opportunity. We don't have to give in to temptation. We no longer do because we have Jesus. Because him, what he did when he Jesus juked the devil, when he threw scripture right back at him, because of what he did in that moment, he empathizes. He runs to us. And now in our moment of temptation, we get to approach the throne of God. God boldly, instead of give in to the lie from the pit of hell of what it says we are and what it says our desires are, what it says we will feel if we give into it. No, no, no. We get to approach the throne of God boldly, so that we. Or scripture says, so that we may receive mercy and grace in our time of need. How good is that? How good is that, church? No, no, no. I need you to make a little bit more noise than that because I'm not convinced that you know that that's good news. How good is that? Mercy, grace. <clears throat> Man, we don't come to church to be entertained. We come to church to go to war. I'm not preaching to anybody tonight. Man, we came here to do war tonight. We came here to do new wine tonight. So you might be asking, what time I got? We're good. Don't worry, Gene. I'm not checking because I want to close down service. She she rebuked me a little bit ago, but not doing not doing that. I just want to make sure that I'm not boring nobody, you know what I'm saying? So you might be wondering tonight what any of this has to do with new wine. Like when are you gonna get to the point, bro? What does this have to do with new wine? It has to do with everything. If you know anything about juice, who knows something about juice? If you know anything about oil, who knows something about oil? If you know anything about wine, no, I'm kidding. I'm just judging you silently to myself later. I'm joking. But if you know anything, sorry, we had to have some, lev- some levity for a moment. It got a little heavy. But if you know anything about juice, if you know anything about oil, if you know anything about wine, there first has to be a plucking. There first has to be a pressing. There has to be a crushing. There has to be a breaking. What is inside of you has to come out good, bad, holy, or otherwise. It has to first come out of you. In order to make you, into what God has for you. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? If you know anything about oil or juice or wine, there is a plucking moment. What's plucking, man? It's when God you're in a service like this you're in a room like this you're at a conference like this and the, and the worship is on point and the worship is on point and it's mercy triumphs over judgment and your praise is my weapon and God you deserve it you deserve my life you deserve my obedience and my adoration you deserve my mess you deserve it all God take it it's in that moment when the word goes out and the worship is there and you feel God plucking you pulling you out of what your life once was, the bushel that you were in, the tree that you've been hiding out in, the crowd that you were just another face in. It's when he pulls you out of that and he places you into his hand and pulls you out of the crowd and brings you into your calling, which is a son, which is a daughter, is a person of destiny with purpose and intentionality. You're not a mistake. You have a purpose here. And so we start to feel like, man, I came to know Jesus and life just got worse suddenly the debt collector started calling and suddenly my ex started calling and and, and suddenly the divorce didn't go the way I wanted it to and suddenly whatever was going on and and I just kept finding myself in places and restaurants where alcohol was there and and we have it in our home and whatever our situation is we came to know Jesus and, and those vices and those moments and those hardships they just came boiling back to the surface because before you never noticed how bad it was because that was all you knew And then you come to know how good he is and what he has for you and your expectations because he has you, our Bible says in Psalms, he has you marked, he has you etched, he has you tattooed on the palm of his hand. He has pulled you out of the crowd, he has pulled you out of your situations where you thought all there was was just defeat and doubt and surrender to circumstances, and he brought you into his hand and he's protecting you. But now that you're awake, now that you're alive, there's an enemy that's coming for your head. And there are going to be some things from your past that he brings up, some people from your past that you try to distance yourself from that he's going to bring back into your lives who are going to try and reach out to you, who are going to try and holler back at you, whatever it may be. And there are these moments of temptation. There's these moments of crushing where you are feeling defeated. My goal for you tonight, Takeover Church, is that you would not forget that he still has you in his hand. That there could not be new wine without a breaking, without a pressing. That at some point in this Christian journey, we have got to get out of the church crowd. We've got to get out of this. And I'm not saying leave the church. No, stay in the church. Church is amazing. This is the safest place for you. This is the best place for you. To be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who are going to cheer you on through good works and to faithfulness. Yeah, yeah, church is the best place for you. But I'm saying there's got to be a moment. In our lives, where we step out into just the status quo, maybe of church culture or maybe of religion or maybe of Grand Rapids or West Michigan or wherever you're coming from tonight, we step out of that and into our calling, what God's called us to do. You may not be called to be a pastor. You may not be called to be a worship pastor. You may not be called to do these things that get highlighted all the time, but maybe you're called to be on mission in your workplace. Maybe you're called to be a prayer warrior. Maybe you're called to intercede for the church not for the sinners, not for the people who don't know what they're doing is wrong or harmful or defeating to them. No, no, maybe you're called to be an intercessor for the Christians to fight their battles and to win. Maybe you have a calling tonight. It's when you step out into what God has for you. It's when you sign up for Jesus. It's when you say, God, you can do more with my life than I ever could, than I could ever dream, than I could ever try, than I could ever achieve. I hand it over to you tonight. That's when you step out into that. And yeah. Just like the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted, the Holy Spirit is now going to lead you into a moment, into a presence, into what God has for you, and whatever God starts, the devil opposes. And so God's going to lead you into what he has for you. you so much more on the other side of this but know that when temptation comes when breaking comes when it feels like there is nothing more that you can handle or withstand when you can't see past the mountain in front of you you cannot see you can't even fathom a future beyond your current situation your circumstances however crazy or harmful or, or dreadful they may be know that our God because he was tempted. Because in his darkest hour, he was able to overcome. In your darkest hour, you were able to overcome. Because in his most defeating moment, he overcame. Because of your defeating moment, you can overcome. I preach to anybody tonight, this is our God. This is pressing. This is breaking. You are making new wine out of me. Oh, Matt, what does it have to do with new wine? You still haven't gotten to the point. Can I tell you this? That our God, he may not send that temptation to you. He may not send that pressing to you or that breaking to